What's up, Brewroots listeners? Matt here, and I am on a remote interview uh, from the luxuries of my room, which is, uh, you know, sometimes nice. I, I am wearing pants, unlike some like work from home people. I am wearing pants right now, um, and uh, I'm excited for this one because we have not hit a South Carolina brewery, and. Uh, this is very exciting for us because, as many of you know, we are on our 50-state, 50 50-brewery 50 journey, which some states get more than one interview. Actually, every state should get more than one interview because there's a lot of good beer out there. Um, and we are here with Jonathan. How are you today? Hello. Good. Hey. I'm wearing uh, pants, too. I didn't get the memo. I didn't know that was an option. It can be an option, but this is not video, so I don't think our listeners would, you know, benefit the full from benefit. Us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's a benefit, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and uh, your role at the brewery is? Uh, co-owner and brewer. Sort of head up the, the brewing side. There's there's uh, two of us operating owners and then a third owner that helps out. And, um, yeah, that's why I'm sort of head up the beer side and we we both we're both brewers but but that's sort of my area and uh you're the owner of new groove artisan brewery correct yep uh and what what city is that in in south carolina uh it's in well bowling springs the unincorporated area where, where we're located uh we're in spartanburg county so the okay. the, the greater spartanburg area which is close to uh, greenville which might be a little more of a landmark for your yeah. listeners <laughs> absolutely so, uh, how did you get into brewing? What was what was the uh, romantic story of you getting into brewery, <laughs> brewing? I, I've been I was interested in it, uh, home brewing for a long time um, before I actually did it. I got a Mister Beer kit. Um, I think a lot of people started with Mister Beer kits. Yeah, uh, back in the day, many many years ago, and uh, did a, did a couple batches with that and tried to play around with some, you know, uh, customizing the batches and and whatnot. And um, then fast forward a few years, moved to South Carolina. Uh, got married, uh, got divorced, and when I got divorced or separated, when I got separated, I w- had one of those kind of epiphanies of, you know, I can spend my money on whatever I want to spend it on now. So I'm going to go buy a homebrew kit. Nice. So that weekend on the way back from visiting my parents, I stopped in Atlanta at a homebrew shop and bought a homebrew kit and probably brewed the next week. And it was a terrible brown ale, but that was the, the beginnings. And here we are. Here we are. Uh, what did you do prior to being in the brewing industry i was a teacher taught marching band uh so get out i I teach marching band as well oh really cool yeah Yeah, new groove is uh that's that's kind of where that name came from i was drum instructor at the local high school for 13 years and other places before that so um this is our our kind of our our our, my partner's not a musician but he was changing from another industry as well so we thought it was appropriate and we like the we we um a lot of our beer names are, are pageantry related or yep. or pop culture references that sort of fit that, that music and groove vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, knowing firsthand, teaching Margie Man, I'm also a percussion instructor as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of drinking that happens afterwards <laughs> amongst is. the yep. staff, right? Yep. If they're of age. Um, what was kind of a moment that you saw teaching and you said, you know, maybe this isn't the path that I want to continue for for the rest of my working career i want to work even harder and open a brewery right um well i I had an opportunity to teach drum corps which is kind of uh the pinnacle of of marching band i guess it's a summer activity professional coach yeah Yeah. with 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 more mature students so i had an opportunity to um 
take a roll with with the drum corps that I marched one summer, the summer of sixteen. And um, which drum corps? Spirit of Atlanta. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I was percussion yeah. captured head in twenty sixteen. So, and I, I on the road um, and coming back from the road on the road, I found myself finding breweries in every town we would go to. And, uh, you know, maybe a little distracted by that. We, when getting home at the end of that summer and coming back to teach high school, which I had an, an amazing, I mean, I, the, the job I had teaching high school was, was fantastic. The program was great. Um, it, was a, it was a fantastic opportunity. And I, I still love those kids and that program. Um, but just coming back from that, I sort of felt like I'd done what I was going to do mm-hmm. uh, in that in that realm, I guess. And I, you know, it was sort of sort of starting to loop over and do the same you know, I, I was just seeing a, a repetition in, in what I was what I was able to accomplish and the, the work that I had to do to accomplish that. So I was just kind of ready for something fresh and new and talked to my part. Uh, talked, I'd been talking to Josh. We had been talking for a year or so before that, potentially to open a brewery and just things hadn't kind of lined up. So coming back from that, I reached out again and um, it sort of coincided with him selling his business. Everything, the, the stars just sort of aligned after that. Uh, that fall and uh, he he saw he had a hood cleaning business commercial hood cleaning business that he was able to sell which gave him a little bit of startup capital and i was just ready to to make a change so that december we actually found this spot and signed the lease and filled out paperwork got our uh, ttp approval on valentine's day february 14th we thought it would take a lot longer but from december to valentine's day that's unheard of almost (laughs) congratulations on that yeah um when you were home brewing as a home brewer, a very bad home brewer, I may add, um, how are you getting feedback? Uh, the only reason I think I'm a bad home brewer is because everyone tells me my beer's good, and it's like, <laughs> no, you're just lying. Right? You know, it's everybody likes nice. free beer, so you, yeah, get, exactly. you get a lot of, of positive affirmation. Uh, exactly. I won a couple of contests. Honestly, that gave me some some. Um, you know, maybe it was false, but it gave it gave me some some some. Uh, I felt supported. I don't know. I felt you know, vindicated. I guess uh, you know. I felt like things were going successful. Paradiddle Pale was the first one that won a contest, and all Citra Pale Ale, basically a copy of Zombie Dust. Uh, uh-huh. And that, that the Paradiddle, f- for those who don't know, is a a rudiment. So it's, uh, it's a rudiments rudiment, yep. are the the kind of the basic building blocks, uh, little little rhythmic figures, I guess, and stickings that are the kind of the building blocks of, of larger musical passages. Um, and we, yep. we have, we, that became, now we have the rudiment series of pale ales. So we have a series of all single hot pale ales uh, that are each named after a rudiment. So Paradiddles, All Citra, Strata's uh, Five Stroke Roll, I think, Simcoe, Swiss Army Triplet. So just different single hop, kind of the building blocks of IPAs, the way we think of them. Uh, so the, yeah, the first contest <laughs> I entered, I won. And um, that got me pretty excited about homebrewing. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. Um... What was the beer that you entered into that first competition? That was Paradiddle. Was that the mm-hmm. Paradiddle? Yeah. Um, IPAs, when you were starting home brewing, was that kind of the all the craze? You know, let's make a... It was, IPA. yeah. Um, I made a lot of IPAs. I had an Imperial Stout that won pretty early, too. That, so that, that, you know, was kind of one of our things, too. Uh, Black IPA was big then. That was that was right yeah. when those were... Those were those that was were the a deal. cool... Yeah. That was a cool period of time when the black IPA. I still love it. Me too. I wish more breweries would do that. Um, we get good feedback on we we don't do it very often, but we I still brew that that recipe, um, and we get real good feedback on it. But it's 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 hard to sell in distribution 
when people yeah. taste it, they like it and they they buy it. But when they see it, they're like black IPAs. Nobody wants black IPAs. So yeah, it's a it's a style that just people don't understand. Right. I guess. Yeah, I think they're just a little pre pre chosen against them for some reason too. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the system that you're brewing on, how different is it from the homebrew system that you had? Well, that's interesting. Uh, we're actually we have a brand new brew house in the building right now that we've never brewed on. We've been just came in here from passivating it. Um, so brand, brand new, um, hopefully first batch next week. And it's a 10 barrel Deutsch direct fire, two vessel. It's kind of a, I'd say a Cadillac, but it's really more of a really nice Toyota, I guess it's, you know, it's, it's, it's reliable and, yeah, reliable and just, you know, solid. It's not like, you know, no pneumatic valves and stuff like that. You still gotta, you still gotta brew, but it does have flow meters and temperature sensors and whatnot has some technology. Uh, but that's replacing a, um, basically a very large homebrew system. We had a Carolina uh, Brewing Systems single vessel brew house. Mm -hmm. So if you're familiar with a grandfather, like a brew in a basket, kind of like brew in a bag, but there's a, this has a metal, had a giant stainless steel metal basket. So about a 250 gallon kettle with a, with a stainless steel colander in it and a winch, like a, an I-beam over the top and a winch that you could raise the colander in and out. Um, so it works. I, I find that that I think the physics of that kind of system work a lot better. We also have a twenty-five gallon version yep. from the same company, and it works fantastic. Uh, the larger Do you get good efficiency out of that. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but yeah. um, it. I think we were probably in the. It, it would obviously depend. It, the the uh, a um, you know a ten sixty some you know a mid sized beer would get pretty good efficiency. Yeah. Uh, we tend to like to do bigger beers and. You know the efficiency. The efficiency goes way down as as you try to max out the volume yeah. in there. So we had a lot of struggles of really long brew days and stuck mashes, and it doesn't like oats at all. So you know, yeah. most I'll talk about IPAs, and most of those had oats in them. We're still you know uh, lots of lots of trouble with that and with uh, just getting big 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 boils. It was also electric, and we like to do long boils on our big boy beers, and we have a lot of scorching issues with the electric elements from that so yeah absolutely um the new brew house uh have you had any delays with getting that in with like supply chain issues or anything uh yep everything's yeah. everything's taking longer and costing more um you know a container from from china that used to cost seven thousand dollars to ship now cost twenty thousand dollars to ship over here uh, all that stuff is has, has just blown up um the timeline on the on the brew house itself wasn't bad at all Deutsch was a fantastic company to work with. They're, they're really communicative, and uh, actually, I think it got here about a week early. So that that was great. We're, we're currently on a struggle to find stainless steel uh, chimney parts, mm. Class A chimney parts. That so that's we're literally on hold. Everything is set. Everything's wired, plumbed. We've been moving water around. We just can't fire the burner up because we don't have a chimney yet. So that's coming soon. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the beers that y'all are known for? Um, probably barley wine has gotten the most um, uh, play outside the area at least. Uh, Hard Knock Life is our, is our main barley wine and um, it's, that's, that's been successful. All our barrel aged uh, offerings have, have done real well. They sell out really fast. We've got a, I, I think we're about eight months into our last November we started a barrel aged bottle society. Um, has a hundred members and they get a every quarter we do a, a barrel aged release for them 
and then we really we draft for the public but they're the only ones that get bottles and then we have a couple of year of during the year we have a couple of public barrel aged beer releases of barley wine called hard knock life um and an imperial stout and black friday that we released on black friday called um mr plane because my buddy drank so much of it he missed his flight um <laughs> when it was a homebrew and so those those two are are I, th- I think get the most uh some of the most attention we also coming up on our anniversary party we have a beer that my partner um uh, had as a homebrew called uh angry tomato monster and that's that's kind of unique and gets so we have people ask for that every week in the tap room it's a tomato basil jalapeno pale ale really mm-hmm. interesting local sandwich shop that was some that's friends of ours and we're really good friends of his before before um have a, a a sandwich called the terminator that um and, and so it was just kind of he he went after a, well you know how can i make a tomato tomato basil jalapeno it's and it's not it doesn't come off like a you know like a v8 or like a, a bloody mary lot of, it has some of the same yeah. flavors maybe but it's you know it's not thick or it's not like a juice <laughs> it's a yeah. you know it's a drinkable pale ale very cool mm-hmm. um is that i hate we use the word hype up here mm-hmm. a lot about like was that beer like the intention to like generate some hype or was it like no we're gonna just try to do this because it's a cool idea uh with which one <laughs> with the tomato tomato yeah. yeah i think that was really because that was a homebrew so we actually opened with that beer because it was it, it, you know it, our, our so-called that friends that was like a day one doors open beer oh yeah yeah holy shit good for you guys yeah and it comes back every year our anniversary we open in july so we're coming up on our fifth anniversary this month actually about a week away from where we actually opened um hmm. the parties at the end of the month so we bring it back every year july is when the tomatoes are you know fresh local tomatoes so when when those when those harvest and we make that for that yeah we opened with it and i think it was it was a pretty well with, with our circle of friends it was it was something that they knew of as they knew of as josh's beer so and it's kind of a signature definitely wasn't really designed you know at that point we didn't understand hype there was yeah (laughs) what's your opinion on like the word hype is that um important i mean it's it's the word itself i don't know i mean or the concept i guess i I mean you know there's there's a obviously some people are much better at leveraging that than 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 others Uh, we feel like we've we're you know we're always just sort of here. Like I've even put on some of the bottle labels, you know, uh, no hype included, and you know, so I, we we've kind of joked about it because there, there's breweries that get a lot of hype. Um, yeah. You know, and we're just kind of here making beer, trying to yeah. create some. You know, we try to create some some energy and some excitement about things, and I think that the barrel age stuff develops that a little bit better. Yeah. For us. The climate in South Carolina obviously is a little bit warmer mm-hmm. than it is up here in Massachusetts and New England, um, and I, I feel like as a seasonal drinker, uh, I don't drink a lot of barrel-aged stuff during the summer. Um, are people, even though the climate's a little bit warmer, I know you still have a winter, you still have a fall, but um, people reach in for those big body beers in, in July and August? Yeah, ask Jay Wakefield that. <laughs> Uh, I mean, how many stouts come from Florida, which is the... Right, I know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to, to answer your question, there's definitely... I think there's uh, more casual drinkers that, that feel that way. Uh, and, you know, and, and there's, there's definitely a beer beer aficionados that, that change seasonally. 
but the first uh, we opened in July. We I think I had a porter on then. Um, we have a porter on that we that we leave on all the time. It's one of our. We didn't really intend to have flagships, but it's 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 a it's a flagship <laughs> now. Um, and the, that next summer we came around through the spring, I guess, and I, I let it fall off the board, and was you know focused on IPAs and and, and lighter offerings. And every day people would say, "Where's cold porter? Where's cold porter?" You have anything dark on so i mean it, it we we have to keep it, it i think it definitely becomes a lower percentage in the summer but there's there's plenty of people that drink dark beer year-round for us yeah and i think especially those specialty like you know friday night bottle shares that's still 80 percent stouts during the summer as it is in the winter yeah barley wine How, what made you get into barley wine barley wine um well specifically barrel aged or mostly barrel aged i don't think we've ever released one that wasn't barrel aged okay um that's that's my preference. I don't know. I I I like big big uh, big beers like that. I don't know. I, I, big stouts, big barley wines, especially the barrel aged component, where you kind of have that. You have a little bit of the to balance the uh, the sweetness with a little bit of the barrel the barrel yeah. character and the the uh, the spirit works well. I just you, love those uh, those combination of flavors. Are you getting different spirit barrels for different types of uh, stouts, or mm-hmm. is it kind of whatever you can get? Yeah, we we we've. Uh, Right now, we've got a barley wine. We got a black barley wine in uh, some really cool barrels that were, I believe, they were a fortified wine and then used to age bourbon. Those are the blackened, and then they they played mm-hmm. Metallica to the barrels while they were aging bourbon. So <laughs> as soon as I saw that description, I was like, that fits our brand 100. percent We've got to yep. have, yep. got to have those. So we've got it. That's a collab with Prolific Brewing in North Carolina, black a black barley wine in those. Uh, we have another. I have a a wheat. A wheat wine that's in um, tawny port barrels. That's a collab with uh, the guys at Greenville Beer Exchange. If anybody that likes barley wine, if you're in barley wine is life and you're familiar with the, you might be familiar with some of those guys from Greenville. Um, so some of those sweeter barrels I think work well too. We've done rum barrels. We've done a lot of you know and a lot of double barrel combinations like maybe a sweet barrel and then a bourbon barrel to finish or vice versa where you can kind of you can kind of balance the sweetness with the uh, uh, more of a spirit dryness. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you look for in your barley wines, like flavor-wise? Um, I think most of them kind of go a couple different directions. Either we like to say Rolos or Werthers. Um, so I, I like that kind of sweet, buttery, um, car- or caramel would be a better way to put it. Caramel, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that sweet, full body, but also balanced. It, it, you know, it doesn't need to finish cloying or, or, or stick with you too long. And I think that's where the barrel aging really helps helps it shine. So balancing the sweetness to the alcohol. Yeah. Do you think barley wine kind of gets a quote-unquote bad name like because people don't understand it? Or is it just a product that's not made often so people don't understand it because they don't have access And there are to bad it. ones. I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah, like definitely. anything else. Yeah. There's definitely some that are, that are much harder to drink than others. Um, and a lot of people just don't know. I think you got to be pretty far into beer probably to know what a barley wine is <laughs> to begin with. Yeah, and uh, to kind of make a name on it, that's mm-hmm. a feather in your cap. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, what's the average, you know, South Carolinian drinking? You know, is craft beer wise, what's what's the scene like in, in South Carolina? Um, probably, I mean, IPA is like everywhere else. Prob- uh, yeah. you know, that's probably eighty percent of the market. There's there's a lot of uh, we're we're about an hour from Asheville, where okay. in Sierra Nevada, and um, so that's kind of the big, 
there's a whole lot of, ha- lot of hazy little thing everywhere you go around here. Um, Are you seeing any Pilsner's lagers resurgence? Uh, we're loving lagers. We make a ton of lagers. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's like taking the market by storm. I think it will. I think it's I think it's growing a little bit, but I don't I don't know that's very Carolina. I don't I don't think Carolina's on the front of that trend. <laughs> I think you know where brewers are. I think we're you yeah. know all my brewer friends are, are loving lower ABV crispy. We actually do a festival. We uh, we did a did it in May this year called Crispy Fest. It's an all oh, lager cool. all lager festival um, where we invite friend breweries to bring bring crispies and then we do a few we call them anti crispies you know you bring a couple of barrel aged bottles to share or whatever too but it, it's all about you know light and low abv and crispy summer you know that's i never made a lager until we we're till after we had been opened for a year or two and yeah six months ago i looked up and half the board was lagers sort of like where, where did this come from it's hard uh, brewing a lager is hard you cannot like hide behind it Mm-hmm. You know, everything comes through. Well, it's hard on a homebrew scale too, just with temperature control, and it's just yeah. it takes some equipment that that I didn't have. Yeah. So with that new system, you're going to be able to logger a little bit better. And I don't think it really affect that. The new system yeah. is just uh, really just hot side, um, okay. so just work work production. Um, okay. It's going to make it a lot easier to make those barley wines and stouts for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any kettle sours or anything like that? Yeah, we do a lot of sours. Um, I've made a lot of kettle sours. Actually, I made a lot of mixed firms and kettle sours as a home brewer. That that yeah. was, I mean, milk the funk, and I was way into, you know, into the into that scene as a home brewer, uh, and always kind of saw it as being a part of what we would do here. And we still have a pretty, we've got a fair amount of, of sour barrels, wine barrels, and punchins. Um, but honestly, do you ever get nervous about contamination and infection? Haven't really worried about. It. I talked to a few friends um, that worked at other breweries and that we're doing kind of mixing them in the same space. I, I guess some of those have split off since then, but, um, you know, everything dies. I like to say too, it's, it's, it's all kind of manageable and we're not, I think we would be a lot more worried about it if we were sending truckloads of cans across the country, but yep. we're small enough scale that it's, it's kind of easy to keep things, keep things separate, but also mixed firm for us is, is not selling. It sells pretty good on draft. It sells right here on draft, yep. but the package is, 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 not um not doing what we envisioned what we envisioned yeah so yeah. a lot of my my mental focus on on uh, mixed firms and kettles well kettles hours we're keeping mixed firms a lot of that focus is is kind of I think my mental energy is kind of turned towards loggers yeah that's what we're seeing in the industry up here we see a lot of people um a couple breweries doing rattlers you know mm-hmm. these lighter offerings uh pilsner's kolsch awesome styles that we love but uh, it's cool to hear that you guys are doing that as well. We have a we have an oak fooder, uh, you know, so a, a four hundred gallon oak tank that um, get out. That's cool. from Fooder Crafters that has cooling plates in it in the top, and we do all loggers in that. So oak 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 aged loggers or fooder fooder loggers are are our current jam. So I, I, everything from a pilsner, we we keep a try to keep a, a fooder pills on all the time. It's called Adagio, and um, Another favorite is Sonata, which was our um, our Marzen, so our Oktoberfest, but with a yep. with a little wood character. It's really, do you have that. your uh, Oktoberfest brewing already, or is it? No, I got to get it in. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's behind because we've been down for a few weeks with the brew house change. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, is your area like a heavy touristy area? 
or is it uh no not really we are close to Asheville, like i said before yeah. we're about an hour from Asheville. It, unique unique to our area is we're I don't know, two or three hours from atlanta an hour from Asheville, an hour from columbia and an hour ish from charlotte so we're sort of we can be at the beach in three hours we can be at the mountains in 45 minutes uh we're sort of at a crossroads there so there's yeah. not really a tourist destination in our town there's a lake yep. a few miles away so i mean local we're, we're you know local, not in a bad area locally but as far as people coming from out of state out of area not not particularly yeah so it's the the local scene what's the local scene like are you one of many breweries in the area or there's five in spartanburg now um so i guess starting with the most local as far as area is concerned we were the uh third um the rj rockers is the kind of the granddaddy in the area they're pretty much tied for the second or the the oldest brewery in the in the state uh, like distributing brewery uh i went to the their their flagship beer it's called son of a peach it's a peach a peach ale i guess um and at one time that was the most drank beer in south carolina that was made in south carolina uh, probably by the time we opened it was um i don't know that it's selling the way Still it used to but yeah. anyway so there's there's one big boy in town kind of their 30 barrel system i believe um and then there was a brew pub that opened before us and then we were the third and then there's two that have opened since. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it, it's, you know, it's growing. Ash, uh, Greenville, which is kind of the closest bigger city than that, uh, has grown, blown way up. There's, I don't know, 15 or 20 breweries there, and some of them I haven't even been to. And then, of course, uh, Asheville's got a fantastic scene. Yeah. Charlotte's got a really, a really popping scene, and probably more new breweries than, than Asheville. Um, when you do a collab beer here in Massachusetts and, and other states abroad, um, if you brew a beer on premise you can only sell it at that brewery is that still the same thing? yeah well we could buy it um through yeah, distribution it, yeah. Yeah, yeah um and there's different different types of licenses in south carolina the laws aren't fantastic here but um the one we have is a brewery with a kitchen uh which exists because stone was at one point considering moving here uh it's the only reason that it's it's legal to to do that so if you have a, an inspected kitchen then you're allowed to have guest taps and sell wine um, so that, that, that allows us to, to, to do and takes away the, our opens the, the daily limit a little bit better. Uh, What's so the daily limit. I'm just curious for a brewery that, that doesn't have that. Uh, right now it's, it's only on to go, I think, and I don't want to get in trouble and not know the laws here, but it's a, a case of, uh, was it 288, a case of 12 ounce cans to go is all you can sell one person per day, per, per day to go really um, just one case yeah one case that was recently during covid we had a temporary change of that uh, case of to it was like four gallons they still don't know what to do a six still the distributors won't let it go to five gallons really um, now uh does that prohibit you guys from doing 16 ounce cans or we do 16 ounce cans we just yeah aren't supposed to sell a case to anybody <laughs> yeah the math gets weird right yeah yeah um are you doing gotta bring a, a mix of yeah, are you doing a mix of 16-ounce cans and, and 12-ounce cans, or just 16 We do all 16s. Uh, we just okay. bought a canning line, um, a used canning line. Um, so we're considering – I definitely envision going to some 12-ounce. There, there's a couple of brands, yeah. especially the loggers. There's a couple of things that I'd love to have in a 12-ounce a six-pack. Yeah. Um, yeah. But right now it's all 16-ounce four-packs. Yeah, it's interesting. We're seeing a lot of the the 12-ounce uh, six-packs coming mm -hmm. in coming back so we do a beer called floating floating beer um so floating is like sitting in an inner tube on the river yeah um yeah. and it's a i don't know four and a half percent 
American light lager with lime and sea salt, and uh, that's delicious. And I'd love to. Uh, that, that's one that I envision having. Is I'd love to have six pack of twelve ounce cans. Yeah, you know, okay. so it stays cold okay. when you're out in the out on the river. Yeah. All right, so we do need to go to a word from our sponsors, and we're going to do that real quick, and then we're going to come back. Great. Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you, whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers. At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BRUTES for 10% off your online order today. Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. And we're back, which is Sound Guy Ryan's least favorite intro back into an episode, but that's what we have today. So I want to touch more upon, upon the lagers. Um, outside of craft beer, would you say like the light lagers, American lagers, are the most popular beer in South Carolina? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you have a lot of people coming in and asking, like, what's your closest to Bush? What's your closest to Bud? Uh, we have a lot of people just coming in and asking for Mick Ultra just about every week. Um, but really? Yeah. <laughs> Not understanding really what, you know, what a, a brewery is and represents, I think. Um, we, we started with a Golden Ale. That was, you know, I, I mentioned that we had never brewed lagers before we opened and wasn't really interested in them when we when we opened, as a home brewer at least. Um, 
but we did have a golden ale and that was sort of and that actually gets lagered for almost a month itself so yep. that that was kind of our accessible we knew we had to have something that you know that everybody would like and we do hit you know besides ipas stouts sours and um and and the craft lagers we do kind of keep those malty beers for everybody we keep an amber or brown on something like that yep. um and the golden ale on all the time it's called lake bow and golden lake bowen's the lake right down the road and that's that's our number one seller all the time really mm-hmm. and in distro too um uh, probably not in distro no our, our distro is a little weird we didn't uh, distro wasn't really our business model we do we do a little bit of distro but most of it is um we try to kind of keep it rotating we we there's there's a few local accounts that keep lake bowen for instance on all the time or like our raspberry sour on all the time um but for the statewide distribution we just we we keep that where it's 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 sort of like a a relief valve we just send out a barrel or two of each batch every week so it sort of changes from week to week it's not we're not keeping the same thing are you on sending any cans or are you sending six stills of it just kegs yes just kegs yeah considering because of the canning line being in-house now we might we might do some cans but so far all the all the packaged beers only sold out of the tap room no that's that's the uh, most profitable way <laughs> yeah that's, that's that's the model but yeah yeah um so let's talk about this lager program a little bit more. So you you're you're excited about it. Um, what do you envision it becoming? The sour program? No, I'm the, sorry, the lager. The lager program. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just uh, like I said, we have that lager festival. So I just I just love drinking lagers and talking about lagers, and I think that's a lot of my a lot of my mental energy is is geared towards that. The 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 food lagers are doing great. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential for us to expand those a little bit. Probably my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite styles to drink, which is a little unique, I guess, is uh, I like to call it a West Coast Pills, um, but sort of like a dry hopped, maybe a little bit of bitterness, but not you know not IPA level, but crispy and light, like a like yeah. a like a lager. Um, some of my favorites are like Pine House has one called Lasso. Pine House is in Texas, uh, in Austin, but oh, yeah. there's there's several other breweries that I've had like a dry hop pilsner too, and I just I, I love that you get enough of the hop character that it kind of keeps it interesting for. You know, for somebody that's had a lot of IPAs, but it's also uh, you can kind of it, it doesn't engage your brain quite like a or your your taste quite like yeah. a like a like a hole in IPA. So I, I I definitely want to explore that a little more. I love Italian pills, uh, yep. which is a similar idea except you know with, with the continental European hops. Um, but I, I really like that fruitiness of what I call the West Coast pills. So you know, using those those American modern American dry hopping on a on maybe a, a, a slightly more hoppy one, and a real pill should be hoppy too, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But just, you know, a nice crisp, a little bit, just a touch of a bite of bitterness and, and a lot of that fruity dry hop. Yeah. I want to do more uh, of those. Yeah, definitely. I want to just come down there and drink lagers with you. I want to bring some from Massachusetts down and Absolutely, drink some of yours. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite one um, around up there? It's Can probably, it's it's it, <laughs> I don't know if Notch is, Notch is probably Notch, not distributed yeah. down there. Yeah, but what they're doing over there is just real, you know, German style, Czech yep. Republic style, uh, Pilsners, Lagers. Uh, and then there's the one that I was actually at last night. It was Sylvaticus, which is in a local town real, real close to us. And very similar thing. They only sell through the tap room, uh, but they do some farmhouse stuff and uh they do awesome loggers like world in my opinion like world-class yeah. loggers and, yeah. and uh shilling shilling is in new hampshire mm-hmm. 
I've heard of sure. I definitely heard of Notch, yeah. Yeah, like, Notch yeah. is... Yeah. We're very lucky. I live 10 minutes, 15 minutes away from it, so... And we've got a side pool. We, we you know, we keep... Uh, usually our, our fooder pills is on that. Um, doing soy pours. And that, that's been a bit of a... People aren't really used to that. That, take, that takes a little bit of a finagling that... Yes, you can have this beer, but it's going to take four minutes. Or you know, five <laughs> or six minutes. Yeah, well... You want to you want to present it the right way. Yep, yep. Uh, so we want our listeners to come to your brewery. Um, can you give us the address for the brewery? Sure. Uh, four zero seven eight Highway Nine. So that's forty seventy eight Highway Nine, Boiling Springs, South Carolina two nine three one six. Yeah, and obviously you're located on social media. Yep, we are. Yep, yeah. Instagram, Facebook. I have a pretty active TikTok now that my partner's doing. He's having a lot of fun with that. <laughs> Yeah, we we started doing the TikTok game too, and it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's a good good word for it. <laughs> uh, John, thanks for doing this today. Absolutely, thanks for having us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, Sound guy Ryan went to this brewery, so it's Sound guy Brian approved. So if ah. that means anything to our listeners, which it means a lot to me, <laughs> uh, definitely check it out. Um, one last question before we go, sure. because we always like our listeners to patronize the other places in the town uh, what's the best place to get um what's the best food offering in the city uh best dive bar and uh must hit attraction um well we have food here we have okay. we, we have a yeah we have my partner smokes meats so we have a uh, smoked brisket smoked wings or to, to die for uh smoked burgers every thursday's burger burger day we have a special burger just for that day uh, except today because he's out of town. Um, so other than us, for food-wise, uh, I really like this place called Dudley's. It's a, not a big place. and the, the bar, the, the grill is behind the bar, so you're watching them. There's these three guys that have been there forever that work the bar and the fryer and, Love and the saute station, and they, they have the best steak in town. Um, that's my favorite place, my favorite restaurant. Um, favorite dive bar I'm going to, uh, first of all, we have an official dive bar of New Groove. So the Springs Tavern is right nearby here. Uh, and it's, you know, one of those old school places where you can smoke inside. Okay, um, nice. Yeah, it's 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 true true dive bar. And they keep one of our beers on all the time. So great folks. And we'll have to go hang out there when, when, when I'm looking for a dive bar for sure. Uh, yeah. Best attraction. Probably uh, for me, it's the mountains and, and, and Asheville, <laughs> the river in Asheville. Uh, you know, we have floating beer because I love to float. So going to the yeah. mountains and there's hiking in the mountains and great trails and waterfalls and beautiful rivers and probably the outside is the greatest attraction around here. Yeah, sounds like it. I definitely want to float down a river in uh, South Carolina and just drink some of your beer. Mm-hmm. Please do. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, John, for doing this. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank and, you. And uh, we hope to meet you in person someday. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll talk drums. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Cheers. Cheers.